Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at WhitRiverside. Okay, folks. But well, I said we were a church in two spaces this morning. Uh, we're going to now go and try, go and try to go live to uh, Briary Schools. Three, two, one. Here we go. Get ready. Hey, there we are. Wow, it worked. It worked. Yes, come on. We've got one frame every 10 seconds, didn't we? Never mind. I don't the reception down there is very good. So basically, we've got a team down there this morning at uh, Brary School uh, running a family fun morning for all the families that are connected to that school. Uh, so we put an invitation out to all the families. Uh, and they had, they've had breakfast this morning. And there's lots of different activities going on for them. There's all sorts of crafts and activities. And our aim with this is to really bless uh, the families and children of that estate and that surrounding area. We want to be a church that can really impact our coastlands. We've said this before many times uh, in our vision. And so, yes, a team has been down there working hard this morning. Uh, is that great? Very exciting? Yeah. So you may want to go down there at some point and join them. And that's great. There's an open invitation to be part of that team. You can dip in and dip out. There's a core team down there. We'll make it happen once a month. Um, but if you want to dip into that and see what's going on in there and go and help and support them, I think it'd be a great opportunity for you just to see how church can be expressed in different ways in different spaces. Yeah? Great. Well, this morning we're going to be continuing our Advent journey that we started last week, preparing for Christmas, preparing to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And this weekend is the first weekend of December. So even though Debbie said otherwise, in my book, if you haven't put up your Christmas decorations, you are behind. (laughs) It is the first weekend of December, people. Get those decorations up. One of my favourite parts of Christmas is the day of putting your decorations up. I absolutely love it. I think I've said this before. I love decorating a uh, a Christmas tree watching Christmas movies, eating hot sausage rolls, and most importantly, of course, listening to Michael Bublé. And that, it has to be done. You can't do Christmas without a bit of Michael Bublé, I think. Anyway, anyway, whether it's Michael Bublé or someone else, songs, Christmas songs, seem to take quite a big role at Christmas. Songs tend to be front and centre of our Christmas. If you work in a shop or in a cafe, you're probably already at the point where you're really sick of those same songs going on repeat since November. But it's not only these songs, it's also Christmas carols. Christmas carols start being sung around Christmas time in December. There's the Christmas carols, There's the songs from Christmas films. There's the festive songs, the songs about Santa, the songs about snow, and, of course, the race for Christmas number one. I haven't actually heard much about that yet this year, but I'm sure it's going to start getting on the news soon. And then the carol singing. I'm presuming no one's had carol singers yet this year. Has anyone had a carol singer already? No, good. It is too early for that, I think. 
carol singing is, although it's not quite as popular nowadays, when someone comes to your door and starts singing carols at your door, I don't know about you, but I find it very exciting. I love it. I start feeling all Christmassy as they knock on your door and sing a carol. I remember when I was a teenager, we once had carol singers at the door. And my dad opened the door to these carol singers. And they were singing the well-known traditional carol sung at churches every year, Jingle Bells. So they came to the door, knocked on the door, singing Jingle Bells. And my dad opened the door. They, uh, of course, carol singers have to then ask for money, don't they? So they sung Jingle Bells and then asked for some money. And my dad opened the door and he said, well, do you know any carols? And they looked at each other. They looked back at my dad and said, no, this is all we know. So my dad said, why don't you come back tomorrow, learn a carol, come and sing a carol at the door, and then I'll give you money. And credit to them, they went away, they learned a carol, and they came back and sung the carol at our door. And as, as I was preparing for this morning, I was thinking a little bit. What would someone who's not from our culture, that knows nothing about Christmas, let's say if an alien came into our culture right now, what would they think Christmas is all about? If someone had no understanding of Christmas, was just plopped into our culture, what would they think Christmas is all about? From the songs being sung they would hear about snow. They would hear about presents. They would hear about riding on a sleigh as if we ever get snow at this time of the year. They'd hear about gathering around a fire, a tree. And of course, they'd hear about Santa Claus. And these songs are great. I absolutely love them. Like I said, I need these songs to help me feel Christmassy. I feel Christmassy when I listen to these songs. I get excited for Christmas as someone sings Jingle Bells. I feel warm and cosy when I hear them, but I can't help but think that Santa himself or St Nicholas, who Santa's based off, would be confused at the lack of coverage of Jesus' birth. St Nicholas, if you don't know who Santa is based off, was lived in 300 AD, and he was the bishop of what is now Turkey, what is now known as Turkey. And St. Nicholas was born into a rich family, and he made his life about doing two things. He wanted to give to the poor, and he wanted to tell people about Jesus. These were the two things that St. Nicholas lived his life doing. In fact, he was imprisoned for doing these things. And he was actually tortured for doing these things. And if you want to know a little bit about who Santa is, who St. Nicholas is, he is a man that defended the importance of the story of the birth of Jesus. So much so that in the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD, which was a place where Christian leaders got together to kind of work out what they believed about Jesus and what they believed about what Christianity believed. So he was so 
dedicated to telling people about the importance of Jesus that he got in a heated debate with someone, a man called Arius, during this Council of Nicaea. And Arius preached that Jesus wasn't God because he was created by God, which was a heresy uh, that was well known in that time. And St. Nicholas, in a heated discussion with Arius, got kicked out of the Council of Nicaea because he punched Arius in front of the Roman emperor. This is who St. Nicholas, who Santa is, someone that was so keen to defend the birth of Jesus and the importance of it that he got so heated in this discussion with those that were arguing otherwise. And let's be honest, it's not only this side of Christmas, the side of Christmas of these festive songs, these songs about Santa, that give us a bad idea of what Christmas is about. It's my pet hate when I hear a Christmas carol that is so inaccurate. Christmas carols sung around the world, really, that are focused on making people feel Christmassy, making people feel warm and fuzzy, that they kind of paint an inaccurate view of, what, of who Jesus was and also what the birth of Jesus would have been like. My all-time worst Christmas carol, I'm so sorry for those that love this Christmas carol, is Away in a Manger. I cannot stand that carol because what it manages to do is it takes away all of the realism, all of the emotion, all of the stress, all of the physical pain, all of the anxiety away from the birth of Jesus. And instead, it tells us about the first baby in history to never cry. But this morning, we're going to be looking together at the first ever Christmas song. We're going to be looking together at the first ever Christmas song. And it's a song with all the emotion wrapped up in it. Within this song, you can see the emotion. Within the song, you can see the stress. Within the song, you can see the realism and you can see the anxiety even. It's an overflow of praise, of emotion and the general response from Mary when she is told that she will give birth to Jesus. This morning, we'll be looking at Mary's song, Mary's response to being told that she is to give birth to Jesus. And let me warn you now, it's not a Christmas song that tries to make you feel warm and fuzzy about Christmas, but wrapped up in this song are some amazing truths about what Christmas is all about. And it can be found in the Gospel of Luke. So if you do have your Bibles with you this morning, it will be on the screens behind, uh, behind me. But if you do have your Bibles with you, why don't you open up to Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 55. And it's titled Mary's Song. We're going to be unpacking that song a little bit this morning. So it's Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 56. 
Before we read the song together, though, I thought it would be good to give some context to remind us of the context behind the song. It's always important for us to understand the context before reading what a writer has uh, put down in either a song or in a book. With any good song, there's often a story behind it. Have you ever listened to a song and wondered what has led this artist to write those lyrics? What's led the artist to write what they wrote down in that song? Or what has led the artist to accompany those lyrics with that melody? Equally, have you ever listened to a song and afterwards found out something about the writer of the song that suddenly gives that song more power, that makes the song have a deeper meaning and feel more powerful as you listen to it? One of the best examples of that for me is the song, It Is Well. It is well with my soul. This song was written by a man called Horatio Spafford. And Horatio uh, was a a well-off man who had a wife and four daughters. And in a time when not many people went on holiday... He was able to take his family on holiday, but he had some work that he had to do before going on this holiday. So he sent his wife and his four daughters off onto a ship to Europe for this holiday and planned to join them two weeks later. But that boat that his wife and his four daughters were on collided and sunk, killing all four of his daughters. And his wife, who was saved in this collision, was in hospital in Wales and sent a telegram to Horatio that simply said, saved alone. So Horatio immediately got onto a ship and sailed to be with his wife. And it was during that journey that journey while sailing to Wales, that Horatio wrote the song, It Is Well With My Soul. And this song starts by saying, with these lyrics, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well it is well with my soul. When you understand the context of this song, it takes on a new, more profound meaning. When you understand what Horatio went through when he was writing, it is well with my soul, then we can really digest what was being meant, the emotion behind that song. And when we sing it, we can have those stories in mind. When we understand the heart behind the song, then we can fully absorb it. And for me, that particular example, the example of it as well, is very relevant in understanding the context of Mary's song. It is well with 
my soul. It's so easy for us as we read about the nativity story, as we go about talking about the birth of Jesus, it's so easy for us to ignore the role of Mary in the story of the birth of Jesus, to almost take away the personhood of Mary, take away her emotions, her fear, her anxiety. Often, I think, as we talk about the nativity, as we talk about the birth of Jesus, Mary almost becomes a means to an end. Her role was simply to give birth to Jesus, and that was her life. That was it. There was nothing behind it. There were no emotions. There's no person behind the mother of the child. But Mary's told that she's going to give birth to Jesus. And when she's told that, she immediately realises that this is monumental for her, for her life, for her emotions, for her future. And clearly she didn't have a load of time to allow this news to settle in her before she'd have to start living with the consequences of it. She'd have to absorb it very quickly, absorb this news that Gabriel had given her really quickly because she had a lot of difficult and complicated conversations in store because she doesn't have long until she's going to start showing that she's going to start getting pregnancy symptoms. She isn't going to be able to hide this for long. So she had to absorb it quickly so that she knew how to have these conversations so she could say herself, it is well with my soul. And for Mary, like many of us, She didn't want to process this on her own. She decided that it wouldn't be good to process just on her own. She needs to process with someone else. In Luke, it says that Mary hurried to Judea, to Elizabeth's house, to what seems like Mary's attempt to process this news alongside a friend. And she When she arrived, Elizabeth was so excited to see her and so filled with the Holy Spirit that Luke 1 verse 40 says that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting at the door, her baby, John the Baptist, Jesus's cousin, leapt in the womb. And Elizabeth just lets out all of her excitement. It says this, verses 42 to 45 says this, in a loud voice she exclaimed, exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear, but why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfil his promises to her. So Mary, uh, so Elizabeth responds to Mary's greeting by kind of letting out her excitement to Mary. And then following that, we hear Mary's response. And this song is the first thing we hear of Mary since she spoke to the angel Gabriel. 
The first we hear of Mary processing the news that she is to give birth to Jesus. And this is also the first ever Christmas song of praise. And it says this, Luke chapter one, verses, oh, Luke chapter one, verses 46 to 55. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my saviour. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. I don't know about you, but as I read Mary's response... As I read this song of Mary, it kind of feels like an overflow of emotion. Elizabeth has just kind of said all these exciting things to Mary. And you can imagine on the way to seeing Elizabeth, Mary's been processing the news in her own head. But at this moment, she could blurt it out. She can process aloud. This was her moment to process the news that Gabriel had given her. It was her moment to process that she was going to give birth to Jesus. And it's almost like she's blurting out her feelings that have been bubbling up inside of her. A spontaneous song of praise written by a 14-year-old girl who had just been given the most important news in history. And she'd been told that she was to give birth to the most important human in history. And because this is a song of processing, we need to approach it in the same way. We need to approach it by understanding that this is Mary processing. So it's not made up of theological points for us to digest together. But instead, there are distinct movements within the song. Changes of flow as Mary processes, as she reflects on everything that has happened to her in the last few days. And with the context of Mary's situation, we start to understand the flow of her song. The first focus of this song, the first movement, if you like, of this song is Mary seems to be Mary's greatest revelation. The greatest revelation, the greatest theme, I think, of her song is this. God knows me. God has noticed me. Mary says, my spirit rejoices in God. Why? Because he has been mindful 
of the humble state of his servant because he has done great things for me. Mary was a very ordinary girl living in a very ordinary small town. And she starts her processing, understandably, I think, by saying, when I consider how amazing you are, God, and all the great things you have done, and then realise that you're mindful of me, of me, of little old me, I am blown away. Mary starts by saying, God has noticed me. Humble little me, yet he knows my name. Humble little me, yet he chose me. Humble little me, yet he cares for me. The first song of Christmas talks about a God who sees, who cares, who notices, and who is concerned. And just as this is true for Mary, as Mary processes her, her news, just as this is true for her, this is also true for each one of us. This is also the truth of Christmas. Because the Christmas story is about a God who wants relationship with us so much that he became one of us. And I believe this morning that God is wanting to say to some of us in here, I notice you, I care about you, and you are not forgotten. Christmas is a love story, a story of amazing love where God says, this is how much I care about you. This is how much I care about you, that I will send my son to be one of you, to be alongside you. This is how much I care about you. And our response to Advent, to preparing for Christmas, just like Mary, should include praising God for this. Praising God for who am I that you are mindful of me? Who am I that you would send your son that you could have relationship with me? Praise God for he has noticed me. The next movement of this uh, song is the focus on the mercy of God. As Mary kind of flows in her thinking, in her processing, there's quite an understandable flow from God understands and knows me. Wow, what mercy. So she kind of flows in her processing from this point of who am I that you're mindful of me to wow, God, you have so much mercy that you are mindful of me. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. As the song turns its attention towards God's mercy, I think it's clear that we can see the order of Mary's processing. She contemplates God's knowledge of her and care of her, 
and cannot help but therefore acknowledge his mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is receiving compassion and forgiveness when it's not deserved. And Mary, like all of us in the room this morning, will have made mistakes in her short life up to this point. There would have been times and moments where she felt annoyed at herself for not being very nice or for for making mistakes, for sinning. And there may have been a moment when Mary realises that God knows me, God sees me, and therefore she know, he knows my wrongdoings. Yet she celebrates this because God has shown mercy to her. In doing so, she's able to look through the scriptures, the stories in the Torah of a God whose mercy followed him. A God who showed mercy to all of his people. This is Mary's God, a God of mercy to her and to all people from generation to generation. God saw her and God loved her. The prophet Micah says this about God. There is no God like you. You forgive those who are guilty of sin. You do not stay angry forever, but you delight to show mercy. And again, as we read of Mary's reflections, we too can celebrate the mercy of God as we prepare for Christmas this year. As we reflect on Jesus's birth, we remember that he came as a gift of mercy. Jesus came because we turned our back on God. He came as a rescue mission to offer forgiveness to all and to show mercy because he loves us. He loves you so much. Not only does God see you and know you, but God loves you. And then the the, uh, next movement, if you like, of this song is where Mary starts to sing of God's way. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent away the rich, sent the rich away empty. In Isaiah 55, it says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, declares the Lord. And my ways are far beyond any you can imagine. As Mary's reflecting on this news, as she's reflecting on God choosing her to be Jesus's mother, she cannot help but reflect on how God does not use the world's metrics. How God does not favour the rich, the rulers and the powerful, but favours the ordinary and the humble. The Christmas story is a story full of God choosing ordinary people for an extraordinary moment. He chose Elizabeth, who was too old, and Mary, who was a teenager. He sent an angel to go tell the shepherds to go and see baby Jesus. 
God is always on the side of the humble, the hurting and the hungry. He's championing the orphan and the widow. He's comforting the lonely. And as Mary reflects on God choosing her, she's struck by God's way. She may have felt unimportant, unnoticed and ordinary, but God saw her, God loved her and God chose her. And I don't know about you, but I find it comforting when I realise that God doesn't use the world's metrics. That God doesn't see a royal as worth celebrating any more than someone living on the streets. Whatever you think about yourself this morning, whatever worth you have put on yourself, Christmas is a time to remember that God does not see you in those eyes. Christmas is a time to remember that God does not work out your worth by your status, wealth or job. But God sees you as infinitely important. So important that he would send the king of kings, Jesus, his son, to be born in a stable as a baby for you. God sees you. God loves you and God chose you. And finally, the song moves on to its last reflection. Mary reflects on how God fulfills his promises. Last week, Chris was talking about the prophecies of Jesus's coming that a Messiah, Jesus, was promised long before his coming. And as a Jewish woman, Mary would have known God as a promise keeper and would have known about the promise of the coming Messiah. When Gabriel told Mary the news, he said to Mary, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary was aware that this baby that she was pregnant with was the fulfillment of the promise that God made to his people. Yes, they'd waited a long time and it had been rocky at times. But this promised child was to come through Mary because God always keeps his promises. So Mary gives praise in her song to a God who fulfills his promises, who keeps his promises. Mary was giving birth to a promise, was giving birth to a promise that God had made to Israel. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The promise of God coming to earth, born to a woman, to be Emmanuel, God with us. So Mary, as she reflected, 
She knew that God saw her. God loved her. God chose her. And God was with her. And the promise of Christmas is that God will be with, God is with each one of us, whatever situation we're going through. That God is with us. So as we prepare for Christmas, we, like Mary, can be confident that God keeps this promise. We can be confident that God is a God of promises. He promises to be with you, alongside you. And there may be some people here this morning that aren't excited about Christmas this year. Maybe it's your first Christmas without a loved one. Or maybe you're mourning or, or feel wor- worried about the finances this Christmas, keeping warm this Christmas. Maybe you're worried about feeling lonely this Christmas. God's promise to each of us, the promise that is shown throughout history, that is fulfilled in Christmas, fulfilled in Jesus' birth, is that God will be with you. God will be with you, not only for Christmas, but beyond. God was so dedicated to showing you this, to showing you that he will be with you, that he sent his son to literally walk alongside us, to become one of us, to show God is with us. God sees you. God loves you. God chose you. And God is with you. So this morning, as we prepare for Christmas, as we go through Advent, as we look forward to the celebrations, as we listen to Michael Bublé, as we hear carol singers singing jingle bells, watch Christmas films about Santa and hear about snow. Why don't we use this time to process Christmas just like Mary did in her song? Mary's song is a song of processing, reflecting on what Christmas means, reflecting this is how great God is. It's a process, a time of processing that she goes through as she prepares for the birth of Jesus. And I think we're all invited during the time of Advent to also process to process together as we prepare for Christmas. What does Christmas really mean? And how does it affect me? How does the good news of Christmas affect the way I live my life? How does the good news of Christmas affect who I am? Reflect on what Christmas means for you and for me and turn to God in praise just as Mary did. As we process Christmas, we can't help but turn to praise because we understand, we get a glimpse of how worthy he is. Worship a God who sees you, who loves you, who chose you, and who is with you.
Thank you for listening. If you would like to contact us about this talk, to hear more or to find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at Whit Riverside. <laughs>